the theme for the afternoon talk is a standout moment. Another way of saying an insight. <coughs> Sometimes when I um, coming come into the hall here with the uh, privilege of talking, um, I can't help noticing that right uh, beside me on the floor here is a wooden stool here and the thought arises maybe the managers and the teachers are trying to tell me something <laughs> about climbing up onto the throne I might need it next year at the moment so so far so good <laughs> um, Netta and I were talking a little bit earlier uh, on today and we were both expressing uh, much appreciation uh, to you all uh, and two threads of uh, that is we really appreciate and know and understand how challenging and how uh, difficult uh, a retreat can be whether it's your very first time here uh, whether you've been here um, on a number of other occasions and it's quite common and some of you have been sharing that with us uh, in the groups uh, that um, there's the stresses and the pressures of course which may be brought from the daily life there's all the challenges of a very full day from 5.45 in the morning till 9.30, 9.45 uh, in the uh, evening and all the forms of the sitting, walking, standing and reclining it genuinely is a full day and some of you quite understandably have uh, found it quite uh, demanding and that can carry easily its own kind of pressure and uh, uh, difficulty and doubts about what it is about what am I doing here so Netta and I as I say <laughs> expressing appreciation for your commitment for your uh, willingness to work with that, to stay steady as much as possible and uh, move through it and we really have appreciated secondly uh, as well and speaking here on behalf of the, the teachers that the one-to-ones with you, things which have been shared in, in uh, uh, groups, you know, some precious and beautiful and uh, deep points uh, have been uh, uh, touched upon, sometimes in joyful and happy ways sometimes in painful and difficult ways and sometimes in inspirational and appreciative ways and all that is part of the process and the dynamic that takes place here. What I would like to do uh, this afternoon is uh, speak to you about insight or the standout uh, uh, moments and in the general overview uh, of things much of the time most of the time we could say that what we're actually engaged in is a real contribution towards um, calmness and clarity towards the real reducing of stress and the harmonizing of heart, mind and body but also that senses well not only with regard to oneself but also that expansive sense of recognition uh, 
receptivity to uh, others, the acknowledgement of the support which we receive to others, and that interconnectedness and those themes uh, which Asaf was uh, speaking to you about uh, yesterday afternoon. And so that sense of the collective, of the community of people of us uh, here, the same principle is to be applied in the daily life. And therefore the mindfulness, as the Buddha commented again and again, without exception, is inner and outer. It's not a teaching of, oh it's just mindfulness of how I am, mindfulness of my condition. It's not, it's 50%. It's not a teaching of know thyself, as though that is the most important. It is a teaching of know thyself, know other, and know that which embraces thyself and other. It's a very visionary, expansive teaching. It is never a teaching in any way which is confined to the self. That is not the Buddha Dharma. And in the days, there are two aspects, and I'd like to give some uh, uh, examples of what I uh, mean by this. We engage in our meditations, the formal periods. We engage in the formless periods, the wake-up time, uh, the meals, the walking from A to B, the brushing of the teeth, and uh, much, much more. And and there's the wish, and it's a precious wish, to be a conscious human being. It's not easy to be a conscious human being. So often, through the habit, we actually reduce being conscious. The habits of the mind, the daydreams, the fantasies, we start to lose contact. We lose contact here, inwardly, and we lose contact outwardly. And gradually, the habits and the patterns begin to have this influence over the life. And then the feeling will come, I am not living. I'm not really in touch with myself. I'm not really in touch with life. And the only thing which can prevent a full sense of being in touch with life is the habit of the old casting its shadow. Nothing else can, do, can get in the way. It has to be habitual, repetitious in the thought, in the view, in the re- repetition of the way of doing things. And when human beings keep repeating the same thoughts, the same habits, the same way of doing things, this has a tiring effect. And we begin to lose the energy and we lose the vitality and the natural conclusion of that is, gosh, I'm not living, I'm surviving. And there's a tremendous difference in knowing what is living and what is just getting through the day. In this um, exploration of mindfulness and meditation and the approach, we could get the idea that the primary interest is to be as mindful and therefore um, connected um, as possible. 
the mindfulness is simply a, a tool it is an agent for something much more important it, what I mean by that is very easily we can um, exaggerate actually the place of mindfulness and if there is an exaggeration uh, uh, of it this uh, exaggeration will mean that the self that's the I will measure the mindfulness oh one day it would be oh I was really mindful in my last sitting or whatever I was really mindful and all those other people gosh they're not very mindful or whatever <laughs> yeah. oh the, the, the view is I just God I still I've been here several days already and I'm, I haven't even found my nose to get in touch with the breath or whatever and sometimes the, or one looks back over the day and in the course of the day one, if one exaggerated something in Dharma language it's called giving it selfness understand? if I exaggerate something if I project too much into it if I make something of it which is exaggerated and I build it up as I build that up I will be building up the judgments I'll be building up the comparing I will be building up the likes and the dislikes so if I exaggerate and build up that itself will be a problem I've put too much emphasis on the one thing in life but that thing, in this case mindfulness isn't a thing the mindfulness requires energy it requires interest it requires some um, ex uh, expression of looking at life uh, it requires curiosity and inquiry and all, all of that goes with the mindfulness while if we recognize mindfulness is a tool shall we say it is a helpful practice it isn't the continuity of lots of mindfulness moments which is what the teaching is about even though the teachers us uh, uh, will of course give lots of emphasis but to repeat a little bit it is in order for the standout moment it is in order for the insight it is in order for the realization and it's the realization which changes the human being it's the insights that make the difference not the continuity of the mindfulness sometimes over the days here you know, I remember this happened a few times over the years a person has um, said to me over the days oh because I've been on this retreat for five or six days or whatever and I haven't had a single insight in five or six days and the person said what do you think about it I said marvellous that's a great insight <laughs> so we're interested in the process which is taking place being a conscious human being learning to live 
not being in so much shadow of the habit that requires the interest in the very smallest thing of the day as well as the big sense of the day with a deeper interest this is the point now with deeper interest which allows and enables something to touch us which is an insight and it could be that in the days that you, us, we have been here together there may be moments of something standing out there and quite often what stands out, what arises uh, uh, for us mostly it is unexpected mostly it kind of come out of the blue and in a way it has come out of the blue and the practice and exploration is a receptivity in life to what is deep it's not about being a good meditator it's not being able to practice mindfulness um, all, during the, all during the day there's far more important things than that and that receptivity is to the deep and in that sometimes something emerges in life and it touches us I mean, even some common examples may get the point across to you to you. Um, in the um, world of uh, 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 literature and uh, uh, music and poetry and the, uh, the uh, arts in the, in the Dharma world we, we have our gods yeah. so um, um, one of the gods of course has to be Rumi uh, the, 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 the Persian uh, poet, uh, poet and Rumi says this is a standout moment uh, he, he said he said many of you will know this there are a hundred ways to kiss the earth it's a masterpiece and sometimes we have heard such a one line and, and we might ask ourselves what does that mean a hundred ways to kiss the earth and we can reflect, reflect on that and that single one line may, may touch us and it may show, may show us wow we have an infinite number of ways to relating to life there I just said in a, 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 a group today well, one of the women she said I'm really enjoying and appreciating the breeze moving through the air and touching my cheek and my response to that was if we are not enjoying and appreciating that we've really lost it we are really out of touch and once in uh, uh, in New York uh, a woman who had polio had been in the hospital for I think 28 years in a uh, one of these machines from this is, um, 30 uh, years ago and her doctor who was on the retreat said to me he would go to see her at the far end of the hospital uh, every day and he, he said one day it just came out of him to her he said how do you stand it every day in the same posture re relying on the oxygen and she said very beautifully she said sometimes on a lovely day the nurse will come 
and will open up the window and the breeze comes through and it runs across my cheeks and this makes it all worthwhile we have a lot to learn the standout moment of the day keeps her alive and bright and he said it was just lovely to, to, to see her no complaints, no self-pity because the nurse is coming once a day to open the window We lose another of the gods is Leonard Leonard Cohen, <laughs> of course, and he's regularly quoted quoted, and the famous uh, lines of his, of course, uh, uh, there is a crack. There is a yes, that there is a crack in everything. That's where the light gets in. I mean, if we just took a standout line of a remarkable uh, poet uh, uh, singer singer, and in the difficult times just remember this one standout line there is a crack in everything that's where the light gets in and we really took that to heart we took the, the, the statement there's, there's Mary Oliver another precious one, one liner she just I remember reading it for the first time 20 years ago and it's just as often a few lines about nature which is her speciality and then suddenly out of the blue the last line in the poem is what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? Not exactly a Buddhist kind of one-liner but anyway <laughs> what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life and those things sometimes they touch well other ways like I can open my heart up and, 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 uh, and uh, ex explore this life I was thinking the other day remembering there's a beautiful film yet another uh, so it's the last one, there are lots of them but, uh, um, and th this is from Kazantzakis uh, the great Greek uh, author and uh, in my hippie days when I hitched across to India I spent some uh, months in Greece and part of that time in a, a cave in, uh, uh, in uh, Crete yeah. and in this, in this film my regard, perhaps the last great black and white film made in the late 1950s and there's this Zorba, Zorba the Greek and he's this passionate Greek guy and full of passion <laughs> and energy etc we could learn a lot from the Zorbas of the world uh, there and, and along comes this very serious well educated middle class public boarding school Englishman you know frozen stiff mostly in government now and and he came and he realised there's another way of living, the way Zorba is living. And then he says, and Zorba talks to him, he says to Zorba, are you married? And Zorba says, married? Of course I'm married. Wife, kids, the full catastrophe. <laughs> and this later on became a book with, with the title of John Kabat-Zinn I remember him talking to me uh, about it the book is excellent the film is superbly brilliant I have to say uh, and then, then 
Zorba says, talk, talks to uh, this young, stiff uh, uh, English uh, Englishman uh, there, and he, sa- and he says, says to, uh, uh, in this um, conversation with him, he says to him, ask him about his life, and then he goes uh, back and forth. And then Zorba comes out with this, the, the, the Orthodox Buddhists at this point should put the uh, cotton wool in the ear, <laughs> etc. And Zorba says to this young Englishman, there is only one sin, only one sin that God will not forgive. Only one sin that God will not forgive. And the Englishman said, what, what is that sin? And this, the sin is, I should say it, but anyway. The sin, the sin is, if a woman invites a man into his bed and he says no, <laughs> God will not forgive. <laughs> Some of us rather like these one-liners, as you can tell. All right. So sometimes, out of the world that we live in, if it's upset any of you, forgive me. No, don't. Just carry on. So. <laughs> Sometimes, even on retreats as well, sometimes a person has a line of a song just running through, a line of a poetry. It may carry with it an insight. It may carry with it a deep message which touches us. And what takes place in the retreat is in fact a kind of combination. And the combination is... The teachings respect, revere knowledge. It is a knowledge teaching. We, as servants of the Dharma, we impart knowledge. But the knowledge we impart is very much, of course, with our experience, with our listening to the teachings, with our own uh, insights and standout moments and meditations and much, much more. And we impart the knowledge and with that we return into the silence and we meditate and perhaps some of that knowledge is a lap, has the opportunity to go deeper not in order for any religious purposes not in order to remember everything there's no interest in that but it may be that that which we listen to like with Leonard and with Rumi and Zorba and others, that which we listen to has then a chance through the silence to go deeper because some of what we listen to outwardly touches a spot inside of us and it goes deeper. And the deep inside the being brings it in connection, in other ways, in the depth. Movements are taking place outside of our cognition and out of it something fresh comes some new insights some new understanding comes and that the silence and the knowledge and the sharing serve as the catalyst for knowing the deep and the interest is not mindfulness it's not even meditation it's not even reflection the real interest is what is deep in the human being and what the deep can bring out. That's the priority. 
And what's so beautiful about it is that the self, that is the I and the my, it can't organise this. You can't say, oh, I think I'll pop down to the deep this morning and get something, <laughs> get something good out of it. No, it doesn't work like that, obviously. So, <laughs> people said to Bob, Bob Dylan, another of the gods, said to Bob, Bob, those songs, some of the most profound songs made in the last 50 uh, uh, years ago uh, from Bob, Bob, why can't you generate those kind of songs that you're making in the 1960s? Actually, he's, as a fan of Bob, he's actually made some great albums in the last 20 years, but forgetting it for the moment. And he said, and I said why, can't you, why can't you bring out those songs? And Bob said, if I could go to the place where those songs came from, I would go and get them and bring some more out. <laughs> Human beings in the deep is where the innocence is. It's where the beauty of the human being is. And where that which can flow through. And as I say, the insights and the standout moments is what we trust, in a way, what we are deeply interested in. And it brings a lot of love and happiness. My goodness, it does. It doesn't deny the fact nor ignore the fact that there is suffering which is deep. It's not to say, oh, it all sounds so nice and sweet, but what about deep suffering? And of course, human beings experience varying uh, levels of deep suffering. It is part of the human experience. There isn't any avoidance, obviously, nor no denial here. And a little bit with the motivations and the intentions which take place during the days of the uh, retreat together, it's quite deliberate to have a full day with, what is it, six or seven sitting meditations, a lot of uh, uh, silence, a lot of uh, challenges. Because what you're doing in the time that uh, you are here putting aside all of the roles but it's an opportunity a real opportunity and an important one to actually we are facing our existence that's what the mindfulness is doing that's what the meditations are doing we are bringing the power of attention and facing our existence taking a really honest look at it not through the eyes of other people but through our own eyes through our relationship to this existence and what is it that we need to see clearly and facing it and therefore we can face it in its beauty and in its love and in its receptivity and in its kindness but we can face it in its misery and in its self-pity and in its self-blame but we have the chance to face it and that is not the answer, as has been said o over the days, but the, the facing it is making something clear. And in the making of something clear, what then is the next step? And fundamentally in all of that, it could well be, what is it that needs to change to stop the suffering? 
It's not enough just that you and I look at our anguish and our frustration and our stress and say, well, I'm really seeing it well and clearly. Uh, Of course you can see it very well and clearly, but it doesn't mean to say that that is enough of itself. It's making something obvious. It's getting something close. It's unmistakable. But then is what needs to change and it might require from us just a few points which we haven't seen clearly enough which brought it about what is it that I ignored to use the Buddha's words what is it that I just didn't see that now I'm feeling stressful about just using meditation methods and techniques to reduce stress will not end stress there's not a chance it will only last for a short period of time method and technique will not do that there's no evidence for it what changes things is when something has changed and it's changed so that the the condition for something to arise like fear or blame or stress a condition is taken out and when you take the condition out it can't arise and to know what is the condition or maybe one or two which has to go in order to stop that you're a smoker the easy one here, you're a smoker you don't have to do do too much to stop smoking you just don't pick up a box of matches or a lighter the whole story is over you don't even have to change yourself you just don't use a lighter or cigarettes anymore or whatever you don't go into a shop and buy and that stops it because the conditions required it's required certain things to be present along with the motivation and intention and the habit and you put all that together and then even if you've got the cigarette in your mouth there, it won't kill you but then and in goes the smoke probably one of the major um, probably the most major suppressive of the emotional life is smoking and then it goes into the cells one of the major contributors to cancer and as I say only takes one single change in the condition to stop one thing no matches, no lighter, as an example. Boom! The event is over. You're out of it. And sometimes we, in the change of the human being, as the Buddha said again and again and again and again, the whole teachings is based on this. See what is going on. In this case, suffering. Second truth. Not just a view and opinion, a truth of life. See the condition which lead up to this and to see what condition is changed to stop it what is the condition that needs to change so our meditation methods and techniques and practices yes, yes, yes we, of course we advocate of course we support we support just to get just enough clarity to change that which needs to change to let go of that which needs to stop sometimes we wish to change another people say 
oh you can't change other people I'm, I'm far too confident to agree to that viewpoint if, why, why would I want to go on a retreat if I didn't think I could change people <laughs> we can change each other why not oh I can't, I can't change anybody of course you can change people <laughs> we're human we're all connected we're all made of the same stuff what's this I can't change you you can't change me etc and, and then that when people are having difficulties then outcomes I, I regard this as one of the most violent one liners I hear I just, every time I hear it, I just rebel at this one and it's when people say to somebody else who has a difficulty or a habit or a problem or an issue or whatever and the person says that's your choice I, I find it disgusting I find it repulsive to say that to people it, it, it shows no compassion it doesn't show any understanding and it doesn't appreciate and acknowledge the struggle and difficulties that people have with their habits and their patterns and their issues and their problems or whatever and to come out with these one liners oh well that's your choice as though the person says oh right oh good thanks I'll stop it now <laughs> no, no sense of understanding the, the, the complexities and the dynamics of human beings never never please use those kind of words what the outcome of that is that people so easily it just increases their lack of self-worth it makes them feel they're no good they, because oh, they, I haven't got the choice to change things we work together, we cooperate together we listen to each other uh, together and where we do criticise the maximum criticise as I mentioned the other day goes to the system it goes to the food industry which is poisoning people it goes to the tobacco uh, industry it goes to all the pressure on people's lives and the demands that are made it goes to the com ruthless competitiveness the, the, the imprisonment of our children into schools is it any wonder there's an epidemic of so-called ADHD well of course if you're trapped in a classroom all day and you're a youngster and you want to live and breathe and enjoy life and you're not allowed to that's where we, the criticisms need to go, never on the individual. It's unfair, it's unfair. And so we, we, we look at stuff and we apply our practices, we explore and we share together, and then we try to see, not easy, what are the changes. Sometimes we're not quite sure what the change is which is necessary, but then we talk about it, we listen to others. How did she change her life? How did he change his life? What did they do uh, there? Why is she a happy person? Why is there something of the wild and the free about him or about her? Let me listen to those people. Let me have contact with them. They're around. There's some really wonderful souls in this room and elsewhere. Let's really listen. Not, not thinking, oh, it's all about me. I, I just have to change myself it's not, it's about us it's about learning from us and listening to all of us and finding out together ways that we can change each other and support each other that's what the teachings are about too much of this selfie, selfie, me, me, me it's all, it's all me, me, me it isn't 
We need each other here. In the standout moments, how am I doing? I'm not bad. In the <laughs> in the in the in the standout moments, if we really give attention to the uh, the standout moments uh, uh, there, that something may trigger that brings out more out of us, that we see more. This is the stand-up moment. So we're doing our practice, all the ways I said, then something just stands out. And if something stands out, and then it stands out again, and it repeats itself, that stand-out may show, huh, there is some more insights and understanding there. And if I may, if I may, just give a small uh, uh, example. When I was on the road, this is go back to 1960s, and I arrived in uh, Saranath in India, where the Buddha gave his uh, first uh, teachings. And walking into the temple, uh, there I was, you know, curious about Buddhism and uh, was uh, re uh, reading a lot and smoking some very good joints. And other things. And while walking into the uh, temple, uh, there on the uh, uh, right hand side, there's a table with lots of uh, Buddhist books there. This is 1967. The same, typical India, the same table is still there. Yeah, 2018 is the same table, just mostly the same books as well, but anyway. Uh, there. And I picked up a couple of small books, and one of them was by a high court judge in Britain with Yan Yu, who was the founder of the Buddhist Society in 1923 with the unusual name for a Buddhist anyway Christmas Humphreys QC, Queen's Council Christmas Humphreys and in this little uh, uh, book it was on Buddhism and I just sat and had my had a chai just outside the gate, which I've still been going to for the last 20 years. Uh, there, the chai water actually uh, cooks the food for our retreats uh, uh, now. And just a while reading, same chai shop, same chai water, things don't change in India. Anyway, so while, <laughs> not quite sure, uh, but while reading this, two sentences, once again, the standout moment, two sentences just coming out. One, very obvious, we hear it all the time, everything is changing. And somehow in a life of being on the roads, so every day is changing, going from A to B is changing, uh, etc. Um, it has a resonance. And it's not to say that change is the ultimate truth. Actually, it isn't. It's a human experience of life. It's related to the experience of it. And change is going on and the relationship to life a rich life and a full life is can I move with the change can I explore change can I learn to live with change can I, what can I do to help understand this form of experience of life it's not an absolute truth it's not a God given absolute <coughs> it is the way we experience it and then the second language came with it. It's the important thing. Owing to change, nothing whatsoever is worth clinging onto. Yeah. 
holding on to. Owing to change, nothing in life is worth holding on to. There. And holding that which we hold on to, it may change. That which we hold on to and we want may not come. In the letting go of the holding on to, change, change, out of the human being will come wisdom and equally important will come love. And suffering in life, whether it's political or social or family or personal, where there is suffering going on, somewhere in that dynamic there is holding on to. One is holding on to something. It might be views and opinions, holding on to things and possessions, holding on to oneself, holding on to another. And life will not keep holding us. And sometimes, to repeat a bit, the single sentence, things are changing, because things are changing, nothing is worth holding on to. And it gives us a certain freedom of the being which allows us to move more freely and if we take something like that rather deeply which I think is valuable I'll begin to notice more clearly where I'm holding on to and can I change from holding on to to being with can I change from clinging onto to a sense of acknowledgement or connection or appreciation but I have an understanding this will change. It may change today, it may change later. And to have that sense of being with life, with love, with respect, with connectedness, free, which is important, freely moving with life because it's a teaching of freedom uh, there, and one which is extraordinarily mindful of any holding. And sometimes we can be so mindful and clear of the holding, the analogy which could be used is like you pick up a hot coal out of the fire. You don't say, oh, I think I'll let it go, it's burning my fingers down to the bone. No, no, you, you tell, oh, immediately it's a let go. Not even a thought about it, wow, this is burning. You just let it go. And sometimes there is that. Human beings see something, they touch it, whoa, it is holding on here, it's not healthy or helpful, and it's immediate. And sometimes, of course, there is some holding which is going on, it can have a lot of fear in it, a lot of selfishness, uh, a lot of anger, uh, whatever. And then we say, okay, what's going on here? What needs to change here? What, what, what needs to shift so the conditions are not generating this anger or this blame or this fear or this anxiety there? And this repeated and said earlier, sometimes small thing, oh, can it make a difference? And sometimes we may 
wish to change another. Why not? What's the problem? But it takes some wisdom. And if you and I, in the wish to change uh, the uh, other, for their happiness, for their contentment, for their peace of uh, mind, as we know, if we put a lot of pressure on the other, quite often the person contracts and, 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 and holds e even more. And sometimes we have to be patient. So it's not that when we encourage and give support and offer ways and means for the other to change, think, oh, well, I've offered it. Why aren't you changing? I've, I've given you my incredible wisdom you should all leave, <laughs> leave here as Buddhas or something like that uh, yeah. sometimes it requires in the intimate dynamics of things a quiet consistency sometimes for change sometimes it requires a lot of patience sometimes if we want the other to change be patient Five years is a short time. Ten years is a short time. There are people, maybe some here as well, who have been on the retreats with us, uh, with Tovna or, uh, or any of the other lovely uh, traditions which are around, and very, very easily <coughs> there may have been the standout moments which take place. And think, Whoa. I really feel some renewal and some new vision and a new way to relate to my daily life. And that's genuinely precious and important. But don't underestimate the impact of the kind of culture that we are living in. The pressure on your lives and your friends and your family and your work uh, colleagues and how that can impress are on us and to keep listening to that deep inner voice that I spoke to you about and it might require quite regularly time out not to leave it five or ten years for uh, another uh, retreat but to use the kindness in this case of Tovana um, and to use the facilities there and say yes there are these challenges here Yes, with the daily life, we hope there are some beneficial standout moments for you, both from what you listen to or what's arisen for you here, that it really works well for you in the daily life. But if you are finding you're kind of drifting back into that stress and tensions and pressure, it's a sure sign that one needs the nature. One needs the good wisdom and counsel. One needs the sangha of women and men who are exploring there. And to keep those connections really uh, really alive uh, there. Not to go back and just think, oh, I have to rely on myself. No, you don't. And there are many fine networks around. Ours is just uh, one of them, but there are many, many. And to make good use of the good resources of the wisdom and of the nature and of the people uh, there. And when you have that, finally the moment which touches you in some way or other and it just springs out of you, <coughs> whatever it might be, 
put everything else aside put the, forget the meditations forget all the mindfulness stuff and all of that what can I see here what can I understand from this what is this telling me and to be quiet and to be rather still in those standout moments and something else which is of infinite significance infinite significance might begin to reveal itself thank you for listening Let's have our quiet minute, shall we? <laughs> <coughs>